Welcome to Grace on the Go. This podcast is designed so that you can take grace with you anywhere you go. This episode is a sermon from Sunday, October 29th, 2023, called A Mighty Fortress, given by Pastor Jonathan Dinger. The scripture passage highlighted for today's sermon comes from the book of Psalms, chapter 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. God's grace and his mercy and his peace are yours. Um, This is interesting. I must have written that wrong for you. um, This one is through the eyes of Luther, a mighty fortress. Um, It's interesting. You know, common phrases in the Bible, if I asked you what are common phrases that you hear over and over, exhortations, kind of commands. You might get it. At at, at 8.30, they guessed it first try. Common exhortation. How about this one? How about rejoice? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice, right? Or praise the Lord. You know which one? What, 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 what do you always hear angels say when they show up? Fear not, right? Don't be afraid. That's a whole thing, isn't it? You know, you know why they do that, right? Because the angels are standing in the presence of God. And so they're standing in the very presence of God. So that when they show up, they're like reflecting all this divine glory. And so whenever they show up to schlubs like you and me, we're like, what? You know, flat on our face. And they're like, get up, get up, get up. Don't be afraid, right? I'm from God. I'm here. I bring you good tidings of great joy. You know, that kind of thing. So don't be afraid. There's other phrases we get a lot. You know, at Thanksgiving, coming up quick, isn't it? Sooner than you can imagine. This is the word we get at Thanksgiving. Remember. Don't forget God's goodness, God's faithfulness. Don't forget, right? So remember. How about in the season of Advent? Do you know what the common exhortation is there? Prepare. Repent. Return to the Lord your God, right? Those are the things we get there, don't we? So this one is do not be afraid. Now, I'm going to be kind of serious with you. And I'm always nervous when I do that sometimes. By the way, parents, thanks so much for letting your kids sing with us and being part of that choir. It just warms my wife's heart and warms mine. And thanks for staying and letting us have a conversation a little bit. I, because this, I think, is important right, right here. That phrase, don't be afraid. I don't know. I kind of want to say to God, are you watching the news? Are you clued in to what's been going on in our world? Are you still paying attention? I mean, let's go through a li- I don't. I'm not going to go into it in depth, but if you're watching the news at all, it's, there's cause for some fear. I mean, you can say, look, I'm the pastor, right? I could give you all kinds of spiritual platitudes. Of course, you don't have to be afraid because you are believers. Anybody still afraid? I mean, think about the things that can cause us fear. And, and, and our church is grappling with some of them too. There are a minimum, there are about five souls who we pray, I pray for every day. People that are right in it. They got that diagnosis, cancer. And some of them got it a couple of years ago. Some of them got it months ago. They are all facing it hard right now. I mean hard. Their mortality is right in front of them, right there. That's a thing, isn't it? If you've been through it or with a loved one, I mean, have you been to Maine? Like the most, the safest state in America? And in a bowling alley, 18 people are just mowed down. 
That's scary. Don't be afraid. That's what we get in the Bible all the time. Don't be afraid. Fear not. I don't know. What if the thing in the Middle East expands? What if bombs are dropped here and dropped there and dropped here and it calls for a response? And I don't know that I have great confidence in all the leaders of the world, that they have wisdom. I don't know. This is why I say over and over, you hear me say it almost, almost every week, put not your trust in princes or presidents or politicians, but put your trust in the Lord your God. It doesn't mean we shouldn't be involved in the world. Don't get me wrong. I don't know. Here, let me, let me get dumber. Let me get simpler, but it's very common. And d- dudes, you may not do this. Um, my wife does most of the shopping. Have you bought groceries lately? Or have you filled up your car? What if you have a pickup? God forbid you have a pickup and you have to fill it up. I mean, we can go from the, the, the existential, international, national, regional. Maybe you're worried about your kids. Oh, and by the way, there was this thing called a pandemic that you still hear rumblings in the background, you should be scared. I'm just trying to set the setting for you. Look, I'm not trying to be a jerk. What I'm saying is, you hear this all the time in the Bible, and it says, don't be afraid. And yet, for, for a bunch of us, we're going, God, I don't know if you get it. I got a lot of things I'm afraid of. So it, today, it, don't worry, it's going to get better. Because this psalm, okay, let me, let me relate it to you. Because, um, you know, there's fear and then there's fear. Like there's fear of filling up your gas tank. But then you have Martin Luther fear. Martin Luther's a German monk 500 years ago, and he's a monk. He's in the church. He gave his life to God because he was scared to death. He got caught in a lightning storm and said, if I don't die here, God, I'll become a monk. So he becomes a monk. He becomes like this priest, pastor guy, religious dude. And he is terrified. In the world in which he lives, in the church in which he lives at that time, in his mind, he is absolutely terrified because he is is sure that he is going straight to hell. And here's a guy who gave his life to the church. He works for the church. He's, he's a pastor dude, priest guy. And all he can think of is that God is up there keeping track of every rotten thing he has done, everything he's thought, said, done, history. God's lining it all up, and God is after him. So the reason I, I want to share this one with you today is because this psalm is about moving from that fear to faith. And as a people living in the world we have today, I don't want us to be driven by fear. I want us to be strong in faith. And this psalm lays out a little bit of a roadmap for that. I'm going to share it with you here. So here's the thing. Luther is sitting there saying, God is absolutely after me. And you know, and, and, and sometimes we minimize uh, problems. So we won't fear, right? We won't fear. Why? Why? Here's the answer. Let me read that first stanza. 
God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. If you live in Ukraine or you live in the Middle East, in Israel, in Gaza, in those places, does it feel like all those things are happening? The waters are surging. The mountains are falling. Um, they're quaking. And we won't fear. Why? God is refuge. God is strength. And God's constant presence. Let me tell you how that works. We, in the midst of all the, all the stuff happening in the world, from politics and polarization and hatred and ideologies and people not liking each other and family members ostracizing each other and wars and bombs and sicknesses and illness. Give us the big list. We need a mighty fortress. Now, how do you define that? Let me tell you how the psalmist, the Hebrew, defines refuge and mighty fortress. For some Christians today, you can fall off the road on one side or the other. When you try to grapple with the world we got today, on the one hand, it can be a pox on all the world. I'm going to go live out in the mountains off the grid and build a fence around my kids and nothing will ever touch them. Okay? I'm going to separate myself from the world and I'm going to build myself a wall around and I'm just going to protect my family. That's it. You would be disobeying Jesus' direct command, but okay, because Jesus says... You are to be in the world, but not of the world. Because God cares about this world, about every person who lives. God cares about every human being who has been formed. So much so that he went to the cross for him. I say it many times. You have never seen another human being whom Jesus did not love enough to die for. Is that true? That is a true thing. So to take yourself away from that, that they might never hear the name of Jesus, or you're saying, well, I'm leaving it up to everybody else, whiffs on what Jesus is thinking. He is longing for us to be reflections and messengers of God's grace and hope. Now, you can fall off the road on the other side and say, it's not worth fighting it. I give in to the culture. I'm just going to do everything it says. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter. Can't we all just get along? Everybody just make nice. How's that working out, by the way? It's not working out. So what's this middle ground? What, God, what the psalmist is saying and what God is offering is this. Point one, God is offering a refuge. But it's not a refuge to escape from the world. The refuge, the Hebrew word that is used here, is a refuge that you might grow strong that you might learn his word and his promise, that you might go into training. That's how it was. And Luther really gets this, because in that era of the Middle Ages... Where he's in, that's what the castle was. You came to the castle to learn how to protect your family, how to fight for the noble or the king. You learned how, you got good food, you strengthened, you, education was in that place. You learned to read and to write and how to trade and do business. It was a refuge, not so you could stay in the castle, but so that you could go out from it. I want you to know, that's a picture that I embrace for, for the church, even local church. I want to be a refuge, not where we come and we hide from the world and we wag our fingers at the world. Oh, you be bad, you bad world, bad, evil people, yucky. I'm tired of that. Our goal is not to point to others. Our goal is to hold up Christ. 
And so in this place where Christ is held up and his gifts are readily available, where you can drink deeply, where you can be strong and heal. Like I counsel people all the time. And they'll come into me and it's like, I want to get to this spot. Can we go? Give me a plan to get there. And I will say, you have two broken legs. You cannot climb that mountain yet. We got to fix the legs. And then we'll climb the mountain together. That's this place. It should be this place. It's a hospital. It's not a country club. It's not a sanctuary for the holy. This is a place where we are. Admit our, our brokenness. We seek God's healing. That God is the one who is our fortress, our strength. And so in this fortress, it's powered by God's strength and God's presence. Not because we're so great, but we come in need so that we can be healed and strengthened and then sent forth as agents of God. I'll give you an illustration. I didn't say this at 8.30. We have, uh, I remember I was trying to get a Lutheran school started in the Seattle area in a church. And it, oh, it was so great. It could have been great. Like our school here, get a Christian school going. And boy, I had guys fighting me. And I finally went to this one guy and I said, why are you fighting me on getting this school started here? We could do it. It'd be great for our community. There was no Christian school in that community. And they said, well, you said you're going to let in non-Christians. And I said, well, of course I am. Of course. And he said, well, that's not good. That'll kind of, you know, that'll, it's too much temptation. And then it gives into the world. The world will infect us and this and that. And I said, so are you telling me, let me get this straight. You're telling me that the devil is stronger than Jesus. Is that what you're telling me? I said, we're going to put Christian teachers in front of these people. We're going to pro- proclaim Christ all the time. We're going to hold him up high. And we're, going to, and we're going to let that be the strength of this place. But that's, that's an attitude today. We can't let that happen. It will infect us. Baloney. Jesus wins. Tomb is empty. Grave is empty. The cross defeated. It, it, that's the deal. Okay, so that's point number one. That's the mighty fortress God wants us to have. A refuge. This can be that place to grow strong, to train, to learn, so that we can go out in the love of God. Second thing. Isn't it too bad that Pocatello doesn't have a cool river that runs through it? I remember when I moved here and I went and saw the river. I said, where's the river? Port River, where's the river? And I, that's a very disappointing thing when you go find it. <laughs> kind of sad. This is an interesting passage, so it was a little heartbreaking for me. I, I love a river through town. I love the sound of a river. Like when we go up to your, oh, just the sound of it. You could sit out there all day because it's a living thing, isn't it? And it's weird. I don't know. <clears throat> Some of you biologists and stuff will say a river is not a living thing. Okay, fine. Do you get what I'm saying? You can listen to it. It changes you, and it's changing all the time. I love this line in the psalm. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Do you know what the city of God is? What the psalmist is referring to? What's the city of God? Jerusalem. Right? You know that? Jerusalem, Zion. Did you, there's no river in Jerusalem. Did you know that? So think about it. There's no river in Jerusalem. So what's the river in Jerusalem? This is hope for us people. For if we're struggling with fear, if the things and circumstances world are assailing us, the psalmist says, hey, there is a river in the city of God. You know what it is? It's Jesus Christ. Living water. And I'll tell you what, there's no river running through this building right here, but there is. 
I am hoping that out of my mouth, not because they're my words, but because they're his words, that you are hearing the promises of God. I am hoping that you're hearing the honesty of God about our condition and the sure and certain hope and victory we have in Jesus Christ. That's my hope, that that's the river of God that you are feeling today, that you know today, that in your baptism, the river of God was poured out on you, that when you come to this table in the body and blood of Christ, that is the river of God, the living water, which is coming to us. So there is a river flowing through this place, a river which changes fear to faith. Third thing, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. So I have, the, Teresa and I have this rental. I, I kind of chuckle about it because it has two units in it here. And in the upstairs is the pastor of Faith Lutheran and his wife, Pastor Triplett and Laura. And then in the bottom one is our fifth grade teacher, Grace. I call it the Lutheran halfway house. It's very cool, right? I think it's cool. Here's the funny thing. I, is Grace in here? So I think she was at 8.30. Okay, anyway. Um, they, in the last six months, a lot of things have broken in that place. And I get a call. And they're very nice to me, because I'm the pastor, I guess. They, it's very nice. Uh, the dishwasher is leaking. <laughs> or, I only have hot water for four minutes. Or, this faucet is leaking. Or, the toilet won't stop running. Or, Right? Here comes a list. You know how that works there? I'll go, can you live with it for a week? That's what I do. And they're very kind, probably because I'm the pastor again. And they go, yeah, it's okay. I know you're busy. <laughs> and uh, so they're really good. You know, they're really good about that. And, so then, and then I get down and I fix it. And I, and I fix it. Guess what happens if the dishwasher goes out in my house? I fix it that day. Right? If the power goes off, I fix it that immediately. I do it immediately. At the rental, you know, I'll get there. You can live with it for a day or two or three or seven. You can live with it. But if it's my house, I'll give you, here's, here's a cool thing. I got to do a very cool baptism yesterday. It was so sweet. Little baby, Millie. So cool. And you know what I love to tell them? I, I tell them, there's the baby at the wa in the water, and we have the font and everything. And I go, hey, what do you think? Do you think God likes Millie? Do you think God will love Millie more after the baptism than he did before? What do you think? No, of course not. Duh, but it changes. Here's the thing. So, Carrie, Randy, if you come to my house and you knock on the door, and I don't know you're coming, but you knock on the door, I go, do you think I'll invite you in? Of course I will. I'll say, hey, cool. Are you okay? First of all, I'll go like, are you okay? Oh, we were driving through. Hadn't seen your house. Great. Come on in. Come on in. Hey, do you want something to drink? You want to sit and talk? Can I show you the house? And we'll do that. I'll do that. Wouldn't I? I'd do it for any of you. Anytime. Seriously. Is that okay, honey? <laughs> she says yes. Okay. Whew. So no, seriously, I'd do it for you anytime. You know it's different when you're baptized? I mean, so you knock on the door of God. Does God say, oh, it's so great to see you. Come on in, right? That's what God does. You know, it's baptism. You get the key to the front door. Come in anytime because you're family. This is the point. You know, here we're moving from fear to faith. Again, we're moving from fear to faith. You know how you do it? This is the place where God dwells. This place, it's not a vacation home for God. God doesn't just show up here periodically. What I love about that it's God's primary residence, and I don't mean Grace Lutheran Church and he doesn't live anywhere else. 
Wherever God's promises, wherever his word is preached, wherever his people are gathered, that's God's dwelling place. He's promised it in his word. That's his dwelling place. It isn't that he just visits periodically. This is his house. We don't have to invite him in. This always cracks me up when we do stuff like that. Oh, please, God, please, I'm inviting you in. What do you mean? It's his. He's the one inviting us. Thanks be to God. And so this is God's primary residence. Like at my primary residence, I have every tool. I can fix everything immediately. I got all the power. I got all the stuff. I have every resource I need to do it. At the rental, not so much. But in the primary residence, it's good to go. This is God's primary residence where his gifts are in abundance. Last thing. So when I, we picked a theme, by the way, do you know what our theme is for the year? Quizzing you. Ooh, is, oh, good, thanks, Ruth. Phew, somebody knew. Come and see the works of the Lord. So when we came up with that theme for the year, which I like, I like it. Come and see. Come and see what God's doing. The first, um, we, we, it's Psalm 66, but when I first thought of it and proposed it to the staff, it was from Psalm 46 that I remembered it. But you know how it goes in Psalm 46? Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. I said, I don't know if that'd be a good theme for the year. <laughs> Let me flip that on its head. To be honest, now this is what's cool about doing it in teachings time. Thanks be to God. We need God to work some desolating. Not on any other person, but on sin and on death and on the power of the devil. We need those things to be desolated. We need their power to be taken, for their, for their power to be neutralized, for their effects to be removed. Let me describe it to you. When Paul talks about the resurrection of Jesus Christ in 1 Corinthians 15, we re I read it at every memorial service. I read it every memorial service, and it's, and it's, uh, it's one of my favorite passages because Paul starts to mock death. He's mocking death. Here's what he says. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. And then he mocks death. Where, O oh death, is your victory? You got nothing, buddy. You got nothing on me. Is that fair? Death, you got nothing on me. And I'm telling you, we have a number of people in this congregation with that right in front of them. And I want them to hear the word. If you're watching online or if you share this word with someone, death has nothing on them. Where's your victory? Death, where's your sting? The sting of death is sin. Get it? If I know I'm a sinner, I know that sin causes death. And the power of sin is the law because the law tells me that I've blown it. I broke the law. And I love this, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Death, you got nothing. That's what he's saying here, and that's how we move from fear to faith. Last thing, thank God for the desolations, that death is now powerless. Now, don't get me wrong. Did I say that death is gone? I didn't say it's gone. It's powerless. Sin is neutralized. Did I say sin is gone? Anybody here still wrestling with sin? That would be me. It's neutralized. You get what I'm saying? Sin no longer. I go, yeah, I love this as a Luther quote too. He says, you have the devil and your sin and they accuse you and they say to you and they say, God can't love you. 
you have nothing. And he says, this is what you say, what of it? I know that there's death. I know that there's sin. But I have a Jesus, and he is mine, and he has claimed me as his very own. So you can go to hell, devil, back to the place where you came, because this is the work of my Father. And so fear might be the work of Satan, but faith is the work of God. So God has moved us from fear to faith, death, powerless, sin, neutralized, and the law transformed. No longer it is this burden. No longer it is this, oh, I have to obey. Oh, I have to go to church. Oh, I have to, oh, I have to, oh, I have to. I get to. God loved me so much that he said, hey, here's a way to honor me. Here's a way to bless other people in your world. And I go, God, I'm not going to do those things perfectly. And he's going to say, I did. I did. Cling to me by faith. I am your mighty fortress now and always. If you have any questions or comments, email them to podcast at gracepocatello.org and make sure to subscribe to our channel to stay up to date on sermons and classes at Grace Lutheran Church in Pocatello, Idaho. This podcast is designed so that you can take grace with you anywhere you go.